0: Is Mac Rhodes trying to coach Baylor football? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joining us for another episode of Locked On Baylor. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Today we're brought to you by Jace Medical, and thank you for making us your first listen today. And every day, we're back to football a little bit. We're going to be back to basketball tomorrow, unless something crazy happens. But we're back to football. Mac Rhodes is only focused on football right now. And boy, is he focused. Let's just do a quick recap for those of you who didn't watch. Bears are two and four, they are a long way from bowl contention and an even longer way from conference relevancy like we thought that would be a shoe-in for them in the new Big 12. They would be one of the big brands, one of the big football programs. If nothing else, they would be in the hunt most years. That's falling, fading fast, very fast. 2021, Big 12 champs, Sugar Bowl champs, number five national ranking at the end of the season, and now look at them. Two and four. They just lost by 25 points to Texas tech at home in a game that was broadcasted on national television in a prime time slot, eight o'clock Eastern. And it drew about a half million people to watch it. It's sinking like a stone at Baylor. And a lot of questions are coming up about the head coach, Dave Aranda, his fourth year, but the offensive coordinator, but the new defensive coordinator comes up sometimes, but the Bears were only able to manage 17 rushing yards in the loss against Tech. The offense was more the problem. It has been most of the season. If you take out one quarter against UCF, so 11 of the last 12 quarters, which, look, that fourth quarter, they, they gave 26 points. I mean, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. They deserve their flowers there. But you need to be consistent In this level of college football. And the week before that, they scored six. First three quarters of the UCF game, they scored 10. This past week, they score 14. They've fallen behind in every one of those games. Feels like they can't get out of their own way. Most of those games, this potent running attack has been completely silenced. The offensive line that these great Baylor teams have been built around is non-existent. And the reliable, violent offense that became their identity in that magical 2021 season—that's just a theory at this point. We're not seeing it on the field, and it culminated with receiver Monterey Baldwin after the loss Saturday night saying, "Yeah, I don't know if all my teammates are going very hard. Looks like someone else is trying to make, waiting for someone else to make a play. Like they're just along here for the ride. That is concerning." That is concerning because it's one thing for us as fans to say it. And it still might be true. But to hear the players saying it, then you know it's true. It's it's confirmed. Even if they didn't say that, it might still be true. But when their resort is to say, yeah, I don't know if these guys are, are trying very hard. To light a fire under them, you're in a bad spot as a program and, a, and as a team. And Mac Rhodes recognizes that too. Because, as Mac Rhodes said yesterday on the 365 radio show in the afternoon, where he did a long interview, about 25 minutes, with those with those guys, formerly known as Sikkim 365. And he said in there that he has been talking with Coach Aranda, actually. He says, Quote, I can assure you that Coach Aranda and I have had several conversations talking about our offense and how it needs to change. It needs to be tweaked. It needs to probably fit our personnel better. We've had those very honest, direct, and candid conversations. That is concerning. That's not Dave Aranda talking to his offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. That's Dave Aranda talking to his boss. Or what it sounds like, his boss talking to him. That is not a great sign. I don't know... That I've heard that at Baylor ever, (laughs) Um, even when, you know, it was an interim head coach or a coach that you knew was looking for another job or, you know, before that, I don't think they were sitting down with Art Bryles and making that discussion for good reason. But this is a problem enough that the athletic director is sitting in the office with his head coach, the guy he hired, and said, this needs to change now. And and again, we're not talking about... it's On the defensive side, it's one thing. Matt Powellage is in his first year. It's his first time as a full-fledged defensive coordinator. This is not a guy... This is a guy who's been around the block in Jeff Grimes. He has been on a national championship coaching staff and was the offensive coordinator. A very successful stint at BYU where Zach Wilson, I mean, almost fooled around and won the Heisman Trophy and got the number two pick in the draft. That guy was the offensive coordinator. And here comes the AD coming into coach's office and saying, hey, this needs to change. And is he wrong? No, no. Clearly something needs to change. And I mentioned the personnel thing exactly uh, about the offensive line and how they've already shifted. They've moved the parts around, but it's still not working. So is he wrong? No. I mean, it does need tweaking. But A, for this to happen... And B, for him to come out and say that this has been happening is, I think, damning a damning look on the program. That I don't know if the coach has an... I don't, not having enough control is not the right word, but if I don't tell him that this offense needs tweaking, I don't know that it's going to happen, I think is from the Mac road standpoint, which is interesting. And man, I don't know i I've mentioned this once or twice on the podcast, but if you're at a Baylor game um, and you you can see down on the sideline, I would say, look at, look at Mac during these games before this season, he was always kind of in the recruit area. Not, not what you would consider part of the bench. Um, he'd be on the sidelines, but not ever, you know, talking to coaches or talking to players or any, anything of that sort. and, just kind of minding his own business and, and watching the game from his vantage point. Now, that has changed this year. So after week one, I had heard from a source within the within the facility that Max Foam was just ringing off the hook of people saying, where the heck is my money going? After this loss to Texas State, what is going on here? This is year four. We didn't have many expectations, but we failed to live up to them now. And so I started looking in week two, and Mac was a lot more involved. Look, he's not—he's not getting on the on the dry erase board or on the iPad. He's—he's not coaching people up, but he's on the sidelines, and he might chat with a few position coaches or or GAs or things like that during the game. He's he's closer to the timeout huddles. This is a guy who has to monitor this situation closely because if he does have to make a change at the head coach position in football, that's the biggest decision you can make at a school like Baylor, being an AD like Mac Rhodes. And this interview is concerning and should be concerning to Baylor fans. If you weren't concerned already, look, we're all concerned, right? But if you weren't concerned already, this should bring some worry into things on how the situation is going. And and if you think it's stable, it doesn't sound like it is. And the worst part is that wasn't even the worst part, I think, of Max interview with those guys yesterday afternoon. More on that in a minute. First, though, we have to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. And look, what Jace Medical does, it keeps you prepared no matter what situation you're in. You don't want to be left unprepared, so that's why Jace gets you covered. It's called the Jace Case, and it provides five five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping to have access to medication in an emergency. This is what's going to hold you over until people come, until you're able to get that care. These things that are in the Jace case are what's going to help you. And Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from your online evaluation to the licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. They're going to take care of you. Don't get unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Once again, $20 off, but you got to use my code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-A-D-O-N, Jace Medical. So looking more at what Mac talked about, In this, in this interview, I mean, first it's undeniable that this offense is not where it needs to be. The program in general is not where it needs to be, not where it needs to be, but specifically the offense needs a big change personnel wise, probably. And that's not even necessarily bringing in guys. You obviously can't do that in the middle of the season, but how these guys are used when they're used. And I thought that was going to be the most surprising part of the interview. The fact that Mac Rhodes went into Dave Aranda's office and told him as much on what they need to do and what they need to adjust on the field. But I did find something else a little bit more interesting. And he's talking about kind of just recruiting. I, I think it's the overarching part of it because obviously that's where Baylor's falling behind big time, recruiting, NIL, those things, getting players on the campus, getting the personnel in there getting the guys they should be. That's been a big issue. And Mac is talking about it, and he kind of offers this up. It, he didn't need to answer the question this way. He does it in an honest way, which, of course, we we all appreciate that. Um, and you can tell he is really trying to find a way to word this correctly. That doesn't make him or the program or the coaches or anyone look bad. And I'm just going to read this, verbatim here. Max says, where I've gotten frustrated is just with some of our policies. And there's been less than a handful total where I believe there's been a student athlete or two or three or four editors note. That means there's probably more than four. If he's gone up to two, three, four, it's probably more than four that have have made a mistake. And in my opinion, they've owned it. They've grown from it. They've learned from it, that they're a really, really good person and they have a great heart, and it's hard sometimes to get them onto this campus. That's where my frustration has been, and I haven't been quiet about it. Now, this is interesting because this shows a disconnect between the coach and the athletic director, and he says afterwards that a lot of that has to go with you know, the sexual assault scandal that happened under under our briers and how Baylor needs to be extra careful because of that. And I think from re- reading between the lines there it sounds like he's think- thinking we're being too careful. And I think he used the term that that current players or current recruits are paying for the sins of others that came before them. And so that tells me that you know we we practice the the pr- person over player that we are preaching but it's too much. And it's clear that the talent level has not been up to snub under Dave Aranda's recruiting versus what it was under Matt rules recruiting before him. The talent just is not the same. And to me, that's saying we're having guys that are too nice. We don't have any guys that are going to just be, or don't have enough guys that are going to be dogs that are going to be F you type of players. We're defending our home field. We're defending our brothers kind of players. And that's awesome that they're out there in the community and that they're being nice. And look, I I wouldn't trade that for the situation we were in in 2016 ever. But clearly there is a disconnect of we're not getting the players that are of our caliber, our program's caliber, because we're too focused on this portion of things that we are holding them to too high a standard as 16, 17, 18 year old kids. Now that is surprising because that has been the whole philosophy since Dave got in here day one in January, 2020 for when, for better or for worse, whether things have been going well or have been going very poorly. We saw a lot of chaos in his first year that they went two and seven of players trying to, quit the team, trying to leave players, getting sent away from the team after year one. So it's been there the whole time. That has been kind of the the rallying cry, so to speak, of these fans who will love having him in here no matter what. That it's person over player. And look, of course, that is a good move. But if it's getting watered down to the point that we can't bring in Big 12 talent or Big 12 contending talent, then it's a problem. And it sounds like the AD is saying as much that we are not bringing in the caliber of player that we need to because we're too focused on this. And the whole tone of the interview is is somber, um, so to speak. From from Mac, he's he's definitely being careful with his words as he should being the AD uh, being careful with his words, but also trying to be firm. And he opened the interview with saying, this was once again, we've heard him say it a few times this year, this was not acceptable. Um, that this is not where we need to be as a football team. And later in the interview um, and credit to, to the host there, David smoke for um, quite quoting it this way. But it, it's been no secret that people, that fans, have been asking if this team has quit on their coach or on their season. But when you hear a player like Monterey Baldwin say, "Yeah, not not everyone's giving 100 um, percent," David asks, basically, have have they are they playing with 100 percent? Are are they wanting to be out there? And Max said unequivocally, "Yes, they are. They have not quit on anything. They have not quit on their coach. They know it's unacceptable as well." um and goes into i think more detail than it needed to which as a fan is great but it shows you that that mac is clearly frustrated as well and when there is a disconnect between the coaching staff and the ad that is something that sinks a program at least short term and it's one that doesn't give you a lot of job security as a coach because i mean clearly Mac is questioning what's going on on the offensive end with the offensive coordinator and and what they're doing there. And I think with the quote about the policies in place at Baylor, it sounds like there might be a disconnect there between he and his head coach and on who to bring in. And all of these things will not make Baylor fans feel much better about the state that their program is in. And it's not a good one. And they've got a lot of time to think about it. On the bye week. <laughs> so, anyway, that's Mac with the coaches. And we know the coaches are on the hot seat. But I'm wondering is Mac on the hot seat as well? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. First, we got to tell you about Prize Picks, which is also sponsoring today's Locked On Baylor episode. It is the number one. Online daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. It's the easiest way, it's the most exciting way to play fantasy sports. Okay. You got the pros and the sharks. You pick more, more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you just watch that money come in. Okay. It's the most fun I've ever had winning up to 25 times my money during football season. And it does, it pays out. It's awesome. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stats and all these things that you're going to see every game. Okay. You know, they're talking about like Monterey Baldwin, three catches. That's easy. That's money in your pocket right there on prize picks. Okay. You can do that every week. It is, it is the types you're looking for anyway, the stat types you're looking for anyway, it's going to highlight your winnings. Um, and you're going to see that every day on PrizePix. So go to prizepickscom slash lockedoncollege, or you can use the code and use the code lockedoncollege for a first deposit match up to $100. So that is is slash lockedoncollege. And then when you get there and you're using the number one daily fantasy sports game in America, you're using that code as well. That's lockedoncollege, L-O-C-K-A-D-E-D, oof, O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E. So it's not unfair of course to say Dave Aranda's seat is hot. It is. And therefore all the coaches on the staff, their seat is hot. And I see this from time to time with fans online and I've been seeing it for years. So take this with like 10 grains of salt. They don't know anything. But a lot of people saying now the rumblings are getting louder. Fire Mac this can't be the way that our athletic department's going. Fire Mac. It's it's regressed. So is Mac's job on the line just because the football program is going in the wrong direction? Personally, I think no. I think Mac's a really good athletic director. And I think it's easy to look at things now and see that they're not going well rather than the fact that and this might be for worse at this point, but for better at the time, he hired Dave Aranda. He was able to get the defensive coordinator from the national champion and a guy that led them to the Sugar Bowl victory, the Big 12 championship victory. And I know this other guy is pretty divisive against uh, amongst Baylor fans, but he hired Matt Rule, which is, was not an easy thing to do. And it's, again, easy to look back and say, Oh, you know, Matt Rule only three years didn't beat a ranked team, yada 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 yada. But when Matt got here, okay, Baylor was Voldemort in the college football world. It, this these wounds were completely fresh. You just had Jim. You got to have Jim Grobe as your stopgap, and he goes on a national search for a coach, and. If you remember the other names that were thrown together, it was Tom Herman, who was this guy at Houston, but of course we were going to beat out UT for that. Uh, PJ Fleck at Western Michigan at the time, now Minnesota, and he's on the hot seat there. Um, Sonny Dykes was another name that was brought up quite a bit. Um, and I think he was in his early days at SMU, may, actually maybe hadn't even gone to SMU yet, had just produced the number one draft pick in Jared Goff at Cal. So, he hires Matt Rule. And I think a lot of the people were like, What? Who is this guy? Oh, he turned around Temple from 10 and two or two and 10 to 10 and three. Oh, that guy. And then you heard him on the broadcast in that cactus bowl and in this introductory press conference. And you're like, Okay, this guy's saying the things I want to hear. And Matt Rule kept this program at a high level in terms of that coaching search. Because it could have easily fallen apart, especially after 1-11 the first year. Instead, he brings him to a bowl game the next year, brings him to the Big 12 Championship, and to the Sugar Bowl the next year. That's Mac Rhodes. That was a Mac Rhodes Midas touch. P.J. Flex on the hot seat at Minnesota. Sonny Dykes has had another coaching job since then. He's done all right. Did, and he did okay at SMU. He wasn't lighting the world on fire, but has had another job since then. And Tom Herman is on his third job since then, hired and fired at Texas, analyst in the NFL, and now the head coach at USF. So I would say he did a pretty good job there. He also got rid of Kim Mulkey, got rid of, I put in air quotes. That's what a lot of people think. And I guess it's true. He didn't, you know, he let her leave. But from all that we've heard behind the scenes, he wasn't putting up with that crowd. And he wasn't going to let Kim Mulkey run the athletic department. He was going to. He retained Scott Drew, which I know is not a hire, but it's something that I think gets swept under the rug a little bit because when Mac was here, Scott Drew and the Baylor men's basketball program reached unparalleled success for the school, for the program, national champion. And in that time, a lot of high-profile jobs came up. Not the least of which being Indiana, one of the Blue Bloods, and Scott Drew's home state, North Carolina, and Duke, within a year of them winning the national championship. If you don't think those schools were calling Scott Drew, you're insane. And you got another thing coming. And Mac Rose had to keep Scott Drew here. And I think that's something that's a little, gets a little understated and shouldn't be. He's also building a new basketball arena. I mean, the national championship, too, by the way, two in basketball under his tutelage, one with the women, one with the men, building a new basketball arena, building a brand new state-of-the-art football center, if his worst thing is having a Big 12 championship women's basketball head coach and Nikki Collin, or having a, a football coach who... Peters off by year four, but has brought them a conference championship and a sugar bowl championship, the most wins ever in a season, and the highest final ranking that they've ever had as a program. If that's the problem with Mac Rhodes, that's a good problem. That's a good problem. And absolutely, I would keep the leash long enough for him to, if he decides to get rid of Aranda, to make another hire. Absolutely. I don't think his job's on the line, but a failure of this football season puts him in a must-succeed spot with the next hire. Because with a program like Baylor, if you make one false move here, it can be bad for a long time. And we've seen that at Baylor. We've seen that before. We saw that after Grant Taft left and retired in the early 90s. They promoted from within. It didn't work. They did win a share of the conference championship in 94. And that set them back. Kevin Steele hire is the big one. Because in hindsight, it looks terrible. But at the time, it looked like a good hire. didn't work. And then all that came after that. Basically, you know, after him, 10 more years of losing. And three other coaches until you got the right one. It takes a long time to build up a program again. Especially one like Baylor at a small school. So it does put a lot of pressure on him. But no. I think his job's safe, and I think it should be safe. But the way he's been talking has not been great. I appreciate the honesty and the candidness that he and Dave Aranda show, but it doesn't make you feel any better when you hear stuff like this. We're going to get a little bit more back into basketball tomorrow. We'll talk a little Gonzaga, a little Baylor as well, of course. But let me know what you think. Is this concerning you as a fan? Should we be concerned? that the athletic director is going over game plans with the head coach. I don't know. I haven't heard about it before, so it's a little concerning to me. Thank you for making this your first listen today and every day. We'll be back with more content tomorrow by week, so we're mixing in some other sports in there. Uh, But, of course, we're back to football full-time next week with a trip to Cincinnati on the 21st. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. Once again, this has been, always will be, locked on. Baylor.